World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. That should be enough silence for noise removal. Uh, okay, so let me zoom this out really far so that I don't lose it. All right, I'm going to start the show now. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff. Did this episode that you're hearing now in, uh, I believe, November of 2018. Uh, we're recording in the middle of July, and the new hot meme that just hit is Momo. Um, Momo is a creepy face, uh, that became popular on, uh, in, it comes from Japan, but it became popular in, uh, Spanish language WhatsApp. Uh, my, my guest this week is returning to the show, Heather Gordon, say hello. Hello! And I'm gonna put in the chat here this spooky face. Uh, this got posted to Instagram by a Japanese person, and it's uh, a statue of a yokai from a... The gallery is called Vanilla Gallery, and this special effects studio uh, called Link Factory made this spooky statue. Someone cropped it so that instead of looking... Uh, what it is is sort of like a very spirited away style big face with straggly black hair. Uh, these like huge round eyes. Looks kind of like the Jeff the Killer pick, uh, which I think yes. was originally smile.jpg. Uh, and it's just a bust of this woman that stops. Um, uh, but instead of arms, she has chicken legs and her whole body is uh, chicken legs. And then um, just like from the nipple up, uh, it's, it's pretty spooky to look at. But uh, someone cropped it so that it was just like the shoulders and head and made it a, a WhatsApp uh, fake phone number. And it started going around as like a creepypasta of, of like a ghost that had WhatsApp and would hurt you. Um, and uh, I just wanted to address this because it's the current creepy meme. Uh, actually, I'm also going to include in the chat here with my guest, I will send the cropped one so you can get the full effect of this spookiness. Are you seeing it there in, in our chat? Yes. Okay. Um, my internet was running a little slow at first, and so the page took about 15 <laughs> seconds to load. I was staring at a blank white screen and then, oh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's there. It's quite awful. It's a popular spooky face image that's happening right now. And for some reason, she's been named Momo. Of course. I was going to ask if you knew why. I, I don't know why, because the page I'm reading about it is being Google translated from, I, I believe, Japanese. Uh, it could be Chinese site. I don't know. Uh, the like image here... Let me see. Where is Google telling me what it's doing? Options. Yeah, it's being, it's a Chinese website. Uh, Delu Cats, D E L U C A T S dot blogspot dot com. Delu Cat also has a deviant art. 
Uh, and the link to their Tumblr is just... As you do. The link to their Tumblr in the header is just tumblr.com slash dashboard, so they made a mistake there. <laughs> anyway, that's Momo. I just wanted to address this, uh, you know, this popular spooky meme. It's sort of, uh, it's a little bit like, it's supposedly based on this yokai called Ubume, who is a ghost of a woman that gives you a baby and then leaves, and then the baby, as you're carrying it, gets heavier and heavier, and then you look down, and it's just a bunch of rocks. Hmm. But this statue does not seem to have any relation to Ubume upon first glance, or even f- upon further glance. Anyway, it's really cool to look at, so go look up Momo. The Know Your Meme was just made as of this recording six days ago. We're not here to talk but about But by now Momo. it's old news. <laughs> yeah, it's very old news where you're hearing this. Maybe there's already a Momo movie. Well, man, you're already Oof. so far in the future that maybe uh, Slenderman came out on iTunes, but here it hasn't even come out in theaters. So we're not talking about any of these other creepypastas. We're talking about a story called Whispers. It is from the Creepypasta Wiki, I guess. I didn't see any other place where it was, but uh, there is an author. I think it's just posted to the Creepypasta Wiki because there's an author listed for it also, uh, Mike MacD, and Mr. Creepypasta did a recording of it five years ago that typical to a Mr. Creepypasta recording from that era is full of mistakes. But what I did like is that there's a bunch of other voice actors in it. That's pretty cool. I just searched Whispers Creepypasta, and one of these suggested completes is Fortnite Creepypasta Story. (laughs) Boy, teens, right? I should cover a Fortnite Creepypasta. That would be... That would make my show very popular. So, let me tell you what happens in Whispers. It's that classic type of creepypasta where the author is telling you about a spooky thing that happened to someone else, and it is presented in that way of, I'm telling you this because I need to clear my name, and I think it's better if everyone knows about it. Which, I don't like that style, but... But it's classic. Yeah, you gotta do it, I guess. The framing device is this person is posting about his favorite internet blogger, Sugarcane, whose real name is Deborah Lindsay Kane, and she is always referred to by that triple name throughout <laughs> the entire story, which is very annoying. Just call her Deborah Kane. You would never call Chad written, Michael Murray Chad. Yeah, but well, he's famous. He has to register with the three names, presumably because someone else in the union was already <laughs> just plain old Chad Murray. But even if you saw him at a coffee shop, you would never say, oh, hey, Mr. Murray. Hey, Chad. It's, it's Chad Michael hey, Murray. Chad. It's the man's name. <laughs> Imagine being friends with Glenn Close and you just call her Glenn. Ooh, yeah. It's, it seems strange to me. Or being friends with Leslie Nielsen and just being like, hey, Les. He probably went by <laughs> Les to his friends. 
Anyway, this character is written in such a way that I can't imagine her going by Deborah Lindsay in her everyday life. The character is written such that she's Deb or Debbie, certainly, if she were a real person. But she's not a real person. She's a creepypasta character. So she is the boyishly cute redhead, that's a direct quote, Deborah Lindsay Kane. She has a sister named Peyton, who describes her as... And I must stress I that I'm quoting, <laughs> I'm quoting directly here. I really hate this. I listened to this only, so Cringy. it really highlights the fact that no one in the world talks this way ever, or ever has. It's... It's a huge problem, I think, with creepypasta writers, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in your input here. I think that a lot of people who write these stories and fancy themselves writers, either aspiring writers or like, I write as my hobby, I think that they learned to write from watching Kevin Smith movies and Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> Does that seem... Are you getting that vibe also? I very much understand what you're saying. I was reading this particular creepypasta while one of my friends was in the room, and I started laughing uh, when I got to this part, and I said that it it seemed as if the author was just pulling out their thesaurus, and they were pulling out all of their creative writing class uh, projects from sophomore high school. And, yeah, yeah, a bag full of fists, nails, and opinions just looking for an excuse to burst on somebody nourished by beer and Sprite since our papa died in 91. Beer and Spite. Ooh. She's not drinking oh, lemon spite. lime. Oh, Spite! Ah, I ruined it! <laughs> delete, delete, delete this part, well, delete it. <laughs> I can't. No, I won't. Uh, I One thing I do like is the... Uh, the ellipses at the start of this quote is a single character, which I I guess I probably knew that there was a Unicode ellipses, but, you know, I usually I mean, most normal humans just type three periods for an ellipses, but this person went the extra mile. Presumably they wrote it in some sort of word processing software that converts three periods automatically to the Unicode mm -hmm. single character ellipses, <laughs> which is, it takes up in this monospace font that I'm, I'm, I've copied and pasted the story into a, a text document, which is using a monospace font, which if you don't know, dear listener, I will explain to you now because I am a boring person that is interested in things like typefaces. A monospace font, every character takes up the same amount of space. So I could tell that these dots were too small because they took up the same amount of space as a single character. Anyway, that's it. So, our unnamed narrator, uh, were you the one? No, I don't think it was you. We had a past guest who decided that the unnamed narrator's name is Paul in all creepypastas. I think it was Paul. It's Tom. Unnamed, na unnamed creepypasta narrator. I, I almost am tempted to do the 4chan joke of calling the narrator anonymous. <laughs> that's another, that's something that bothered me in like 2012. Do you remember this when the news would be like, there's a hacking group called anonymous? Yes, um, it's so unnecessary. You don't need it's, the yeah. animosity behind Anonymous. It's so weird. It's especially strange because the this comes from 4chan, where the default username is Anonymous. 
and Mm -hmm. people usually just post under anonymous. And Mm. eventually, the joke became, this was all one person. (laughs) They started to treat anonymous as if it was a proper name of a single person who just posts a lot. <laughs> uh, in and high that school, was... there was a kid who thought "Feet" was a rapper. Uh, when you hear, when you see the songs, you know this rapper, "Feet," right. another rapper. Yeah, he he thought "Feet" was a very popular rapper that was in almost every single rap song. Uh, yeah. Not the mm-hmm. shortening of featuring. <laughs> yep, I usually see that shortened to "FT." Period. So that feels like it would break the illusion pretty quick. <laughs> So anyway, Deborah Lindsay Kane, aka Sugar Kane, started a MySpace blog, uh, and it was like a humor blog on MySpace, but you know, also not just. It was a little confusing. This setup. She set up her. She ditched her MySpace in mid two thousand five and set up her own humor site, Sugar Kane Junction, and she just was apparently a pretty good writer, and most people never heard of her. But this person was a fan, and there's seeded things in here, like um, a tape. There, there were city workers found the tape. So the narrator dared her in the comments to go to this haunted house. Ah, here, we have a name for the narrator. Their online handle in the mid-2000s, Dead at 50. So, Dead at at 50 dares Sugarcane to go to this haunted house in October 2006. And Sugarcane says, no, you're a child and a moron. And then Dead at 50 says, I'll give you a thousand dollars. And Sugarcane says, okay, I'll do it. And then Sugarcane goes to this haunted house... I don't like the description of the reason the house is haunted. It's the Daly house. The Daly family died here. And they go very obvious with telling us what happened. Mm-hmm. It's we, we get this story of this family that had abusive parents and uh, in some way developmentally disabled son. The, ru- the quote here is, The rumors that Naomi deliberately dropped her son down the stairs and caused his borderline autism. Which, I could see that being a rumor, but also, it's not how autism works. <laughs> and why would she deliberately do... Which part was deliberate? Like, she threw her son down the stairs because she's a bad mother, or she was trying to make him autistic? Well, it's worded ambiguously. Tossing someone down the stairs is so dicey. That's not going to give you the <laughs> yeah, same it's really every like, time. Um, I'm, especially with a child, not to get too dark with it. But yeah. I, I don't understand what she would be going for. Yeah, throwing someone down the stairs one time, it could kill them. One time, apparently, it can spark an autistic streak that causes beautiful paintings. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's really weird because the the narrator tells us straight up this character, the son, Jeff Daly, has a portal in his mind to another dimension full of spooky things, and he draws what he sees there. That is kind of a leap. You should have not included this theory, but... 
Also, the narrator says, uh, the mother knew about this and was trying to kill him. And then the narrator says, I wish she had done a good job murdering her infant son. It's really weird, and I don't like it. I think that just establishing this kid saw spooky things, this family died in a spooky way, is enough, and you don't need to go the extra mile to be like, also, uh, it was a portal to another dimension. You could just, like, hint, like, ooh, maybe the things he was drawing were real. I think that's enough. You don't need to explicitly be like, and the things he was drawing were real. And I'm going to tell you that before you encounter any of those things. A little strange. So then we get to see what happens when Sugarcane goes in the house. Her voice... Oh, I hadn't read it in, in the... In the red, in the audio version, I should say, the this is just all read by a person. But in the <laughs> written down version, it says tape begins with fifteen seconds of silence, broken by husky female voice, which you know seems kind of mean. So Sugar King goes to this house. Bunch of spooky stuff happens. She says, I'm going to go to sleep. Then she doesn't go to sleep. Then she says that she isn't going to use the flash on her camera, but she is going to use the flashlight. Dumb. Yeah. Pointless. Just use the flash on your camera. Yes, invert them. Uh, So she is... There's wolf spiders everywhere, apparently. She is in this dusty old house that has been abandoned since 1987, which I guess is almost 20 years at the time when this story takes place. She's going through this house talking on her tape recorder, and then we get a a bunch of... In the audio version, I thought it was pretty well done. Written down, I'm not sure how effective it is, but in the audio version, it comes across very, like, Blair Witch Project, which, you know, I haven't seen that movie, but I get the idea from the trailers. I was actually oh God, about so scared to and all bring that. that up. It's like a found footage horror story, in a way. Uh, yeah. I read it's, it. It's interesting I wish to see I would have listened. Yeah, it, it was, I listened to it twice because I wasn't really paying attention the first <laughs> time. And it's, it's you know, a decent performance. I think that the, uh, the woman who does the voice of Sugarcane does a good job. It's... Then, then afterwards, she goes home and erratically updates her website and then vanishes for a while. Then November 4th, she drunkenly calls her sister and talks about being sorry for all these, like, random fights they got in. And then the sister, Peyton, tells us that when Sugarcane, when Deborah stopped talking, she could hear someone else in the room whispering. (sighs) Then the whispers, I guess you could say, seem to they seem to have followed Deborah home and she vanishes. Now the whispers seem to have followed uh, Dead by 50 home. And he says he's gonna go take a bath with the toaster because his mother has been calling for him even though she's been dead for five years. Ooh. <laughs> and the story basically straight up tells us, like, these are the creatures from the Daily Kids nightmares, and they haunt everyone now. And that's the whole disappointing story. So how did you feel about this story? I I really enjoyed that it was like a found footage story. Found footage is one of my favorite subgenres. Don't at me 
Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's that is. I agree that that is a strength of this story, and also in general, I think found footage is good. There was a part in the middle of the story. Well, I guess towards the end, um, they are uh, the recordings that were recovered from her tape were transcribed uh, for you, so you got to read verbatim what was going on in the house if you had the attention span to do so. <laughs> And there was a part where she was in the house the night she was supposed to stay the night. And it sounded like she was saying, it can't be daddy, could it? And I really enjoyed parts of the story like that that were more elusive of what was happening. I didn't know if she was saying her daddy, if she was the eight-year-old boy uh, speaking, like she was a vessel for the or a conduit for the eight-year-old boy. Um, but yeah, then I learned you just see your dead parents and kill yourself. I guess it was cool at the end that they said anybody who was affiliated with the story or attached to it in any way also died. The person who found the tape recorder died. The police died. The author died. So we're going to die now. And then you're going to die if you're listening to this. Um, that's Everyone all. died, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> It, yeah, it's it's an interesting idea that is mostly executed poorly, and the parts of it that are the best are the parts that are not part of that uh, interesting <laughs> idea. The parts of it that are the best are completely unrelated to this idea of the whispers. You said that so very well. What, what do you ha yeah. It, that was much better. I, you... So, what was the spookiest part of this story to you? I think the spookiest part for me was a tie. It was a tie between the way it was written during the uh, transcriptions of the recordings. I thought that was so neat. It, I was into the story about halfway through, losing interest as you do, but then it started to go towards uh, pieces of the recordings put together, and I got very much into that. That made me feel kind of spooky, actually, in real life, even if the story itself wasn't that great. I like hearing the, um, or reading the asterisk, loud thump in the background. What was that? I don't know. I think that that is a strength for this story because it does not have a lot of guts, like you said. There's not much to the story, so the way it's told really benefits it, and I liked that. That was spooky. Give me goosebumps. I think... Yeah, I think for me, the spookiest part, is, it's in the reading, so it's a little... She is sort of sobbing towards the end of Ooh. her tape, and it's, it's pretty effective, this sort of, like, random sobbing stuff. Uh, I wish I would have listened. In the written version, yeah, in the written version, it says, Silence, a pit-pat of bare feet leaving the room. Three minutes pass with no sounds except a periodic thump deep within the house and Deborah shouting angrily. So they, of course, don't do three minutes in the story. The footsteps return, a heavy slam of the office door, quiet sobbing within three feet of the recorder and nothing else for a minute. That's a weird thing to write, because how do you know how close it is to the recorder. Well, they also knew that the anyway, boy speaking had a mind that was a portal to another dimension. They just knew. Uh, that's how course, they worded yeah. it. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it's mm, so strange. Speaking too quietly to register on the recorder, her throat has tightened up, and then the sobbing stops abruptly as Deborah holds her breath. The voice the voice speaks again as quietly as before from inside the room, feet scrambling across the floor. The office window shrieks as it is torn open. The rest of the tape is silent. That's pretty good. That whole part is performed effectively. I don't think it would have been the same effect when it was written, but I, I liked it. The author did this a good job at describing section where she's flipping out. <laughs> yeah, the author was very good in those parts of the story. Um, I just don't think the rest had the same tone or quality to it. Yeah. Oh well. So <laughs> that's it for the whispers. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on to plugs? Mm, no. <laughs> I will say that it was the only story that gave me goosebumps. I don't want people to think that I'm saying it's a good mm. story, but I liked the progression of the audio clips. It gave me goosebumps, so it wins. Right. So, uh, do you have any plugs for us? No. <laughs> then I will give mine, okay. and then we will end this episode. You can find me on the internet. Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK, Patreon.com slash JeffJK, WeaponizedLanguage.com, aka Funtimes.online. You can join Creepypodsta fan group on Facebook to talk about this story, we talk about movies, we talk about updates to past stories like Pets Cop, which on the day of this recording and the day before posted two updates. Uh, you in the future maybe have heard Pets Cop 16 and onward, but we just got 14 and 15 here in the past and I haven't watched them yet, but I'm excited to. So that's it for this week. And I, I don't have the story open, so I don't have a line to end on. Ooh, I do. So goodbye. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Come give back. us. They call to you softly, like they're afraid to talk too loud. Sometimes two rooms away, sometimes right next to you. Maybe they think it's funny, but you can't shut them out. I mean, it was it wasn't there the it best, Perfect. but <laughs> it was something. No, it's better than nothing, which is what it was going to be. Uh, that is the episode. Let Let's stop recording now.